the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. This is what's going on here. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the the Messiah. He is the Deliverer promised in the book of Isaiah, just like John alluded to earlier. Like a lamb who is led to the slaughter. Trust me, decoding Jesus isn't so hard if you just take the time to try. Decoding him for yourself if you're not a Christ follower yet. Decoding him for others is not impossible. Just take what you know here in the first chapter of the Gospel of John and share it with I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live with Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us here on the broadcast today, studying God's Word. We would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, we'll be continuing with our Decoding Jesus teaching series. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us again to the Gospel of John, Chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. If you were on a football team, it would be listen up. If you're in a classroom, it might be pay attention. I say to you, I say to you, he's speaking about himself and he's speaking directly to Nathaniel in the presence of all the others. You will see heaven opened and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is huge couple of things. Who is the most deceitful Hebrew we know about? That would be Jacob, right, who became Israel. And he would not be a Hebrew in whom there was no guile. And the picture here is Jacob's ladder, where angels are ascending and descending upon the Son of God. Jesus has replaced the ladder. Jesus is the pathway, the stairway to heaven. And he's saying this to Nathanael. And there is some thought among scholars that Nathanael was reading Genesis 28. Jesus saw him under the fig tree. It says, there's a Hebrew in whom there is no guile. And by the way, what you are reading about Jacob's ladder, I'm the ladder. That's what some people think this means. I can't say so with certainty, but I can be certain about this. Jesus appropriates a title that if he were not the Son of God, if he were not the King of Israel, if he were not the Messiah, if he were not the one that the prophets had written about, he should not appropriate, and that is the Son of Man. It's used 12 times in the Gospel of John, but it harkens back to the book of Daniel, where Daniel has this vision, and the Ancient of Days, 
that this son of man is brought to him and he bestows a kingdom that will never end upon him. And today, as we are decoding Jesus and trying to understand the historical Jesus, who he was, what he taught, what he believed about himself, I think we're going to find that understanding these things, decoding Jesus, isn't that as complicated as we think it is, given what the first followers bear witness to. And, and you know what they start doing? They're doing what we're called to do today, and that's to change the world one soul at a time. They're not out preaching in masses right now. They're putting together a core group of people, key people, and they're coming to Jesus. They're bringing their family to Jesus. They're bringing men they know to Jesus, and Jesus is laying out for them who he is. So today, what I want you to do is you think about how they bear witness to him. As, I think, as you think about how you can bear witness to others, as you seek to understand how to decode Jesus, there are three actions I want you to take based on what we've talked about in this text so that you can understand who Jesus is, so that you can know that your role in reaching people in San Jose is not an impossible one. I want you to take these three actions because the, reaching out in the community, understanding Jesus, explaining Jesus isn't so hard when, number one, you consider the titles that are ascribed to Jesus in this text. Lamb of God. Where do we see that? We see that in verses 29 and 35. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In our passage today, verse 35, the next day John was standing with two of his disciples. What he says publicly, he now says privately. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And that Lamb of God, like I said before, Given that John said, I'm the one that Isaiah described, it made people think, it made these two men think about Isaiah 53. And we'll look at verses 6 and 7 in Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its shears, is silent, so he opened not his mouth. This is what's going on here. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the, the Messiah. He is the Deliverer promised in the book of Isaiah, just like John alluded to earlier, like a lamb who is led to the slaughter. Trust me, decoding Jesus isn't so hard if you just take the time to try. Decoding him for yourself, if you're not a Christ follower yet, decoding him for others is not impossible. Just take what you know here in the first chapter of the Gospel of John and share it with When you see what the disciples heard and when you learn what the disciples bear witness to, you understand who Jesus is. It's not a mystery. It's not hard. This is the historical Jesus. And he starts racking up title after title after title. The next title he gets is rabbi in verses 38 and verses 49. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi. Later on, Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus was a nobody. He was born in obscurity. He grew up in obscurity. He remained obscure. These people didn't know him. John, it never occurred to John the Baptist that he would have been the Messiah until he saw the Spirit of God descend on him and light on him like a dove. And yet now people are calling him Rabbi. Something's going on here. People are connecting the dots, and you can connect the dots for people. You just don't call anybody rabbi in those days. It'd be like calling them reverend. You walk up to a guy on the street and say, reverend? You don't do that. But this is what's going on here. None of this is accidental. None of it. And so Andrew and John spend the day and a night with him and conclude that he is the Messiah. Nathaniel calls him the, the son of God, the king of Israel. 
And let's take that title, Messiah. It shows up here too. Where? Verse 41. Messiah and Christ. 41. And he, Andrew, first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which also means Christ. Remember, these were, these were spiritual men. They weren't biblical illiterates. And they understand, after spending time with Jesus, who he is and who he claims to be. And so should we. This isn't a haphazard enterprise. This is the sovereignty of God drawing the inner circle into, to, into Christ's orbit so that they can change the world one soul at a time. And from there we go to the next title, Lamb of God, Messiah, him of whom the prophets and uh, Moses and the prophets wrote. You see that in verse 45. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. What's going on here? People are decoding him. They're interacting with him. They're listening to their teachers. And they're taking what they know. And they're taking it to others. And they are beginning to change the world one soul at a time. One follower at a time. Incrementally. And again, when I look at that, I can only assume that when they spent the night with Jesus, he explained to them from the law and the prophets who he was and all the things concerning him, like it says in Luke 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scripture, the things concerning himself. They start following this guy. They go, they get with him, and they walk away thinking he's the Messiah. It reminds me that part of becoming a Christ follower, if you're not one already, is giving it a fair hearing. You know, so often today we just take turns talking, whether it's in the public square, whether it's in the home or wherever else, the workplace, politics. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to understand. These men are. They've been cued in by John the Baptist. They know that the times are terrible and that God could return at any moment in their world. Their country is under Roman domination. Things are like they were when they were in Egypt, and they're waiting, and God is providing. The Lamb of God, the Messiah, the one of whom the prophets wrote. And then it keeps escalating from there. And this time it becomes a little more public like we talked about a moment ago. Son of God and King of Israel. Nathaniel answered him in verse 49, Rabbi, there's that word again, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. That's just after a brief interaction with him. That's just after some supernatural insight. It's after, too, probably meditating on the word of God, the way that Nathaniel seems to have been doing it, under the fig tree, a Hebrew in whom there is no deceit, thinking about one of the patriarchs in whom there was deceit, Jacob's ladder. He encounters Jesus, and he connects the dots, because you know what? The dots are there to connect from Genesis to Malachi, Isaiah, Amos, Deuteronomy, it's all over the place. Genesis 28, Isaiah 53. Let me read to you from Psalm uh, chapter two, uh, Psalm 2, uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. When he calls him the son of God and the king of Israel, he's po- Nathaniel is pointing back to Psalm 2. This is, these things were written so that we would know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing on him, we would have life in his name. Romans talks about what's written in the Bible. These things were written for our encouragement so that we would have hope. And as we decode Jesus through this first chapter of the Gospel of John, we're getting enough information now to really begin to wonder, who is this guy? Look at all, what all these people are saying about him. Could these things be true? Is this the word who became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory? 
Glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time, but the only God from the side of the Father, he's explained him. Is this him? Is this him? Nathaniel is all in. He is all in. The skeptic is all in. So what are the implications for us? It seems that the first followers gained insight into who Jesus is. And result, the result of that insight, the result of that interaction with one another, with the word of God, with Jesus himself, draws them to the conclusion that he is the Lamb of God, he's the Messiah, he's the promised one, he is the Son of God and the King of Israel, and he needs to be their rabbi, their teacher. They need to be his disciples. Did Jesus believe all that? Again, you read a lot of times, I read all kinds of material where quote-unquote Bible scholars are saying Jesus really never understood himself to be these things. But here's the Gospel of John, and we talked about the manuscript evidence. This is the Gospel that was written, we have copies of written closest to the time that it actually took place. And this is what it's saying. What did Jesus say? Well, after you consider what people say about him, let's take a second action and consider what he says, says about himself here in this passage. Consider what Jesus says about himself. Jesus answered and said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, now hear this. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus sees himself very clearly. Truly, truly, I say to you about, I am the Son of Man. I'm the one of whom Daniel wrote. Daniel is a prophet. I am the Messiah. And you're going to see me as the only way to heaven. Angels, the only way... Angels ascending and descending, that's Jacob's ladder or Jacob's staircase. The word ladder there is probably not a good translation. Jacob's pathway, Jesus is the pathway. That's what he's saying about himself. I mean, this is just huge uh, because make no mistake, a good Jew would have told Nathaniel, simmer down, sonny boy, you're getting, you're getting way, way out of hand here. But he doesn't do that. And he knows what they're saying about him because they're going out and saying to their friends and family and bringing them back to him the same things that he said about himself. And he confirms it here. He confirms it here. For the doubter who is seeking God like Nathaniel, that person has to look at these claims here in light of the carefully documented evidence and decide, okay, here are the facts. Will I embrace them? Will I follow them? Will I see where they lead? Or will I put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 I can't hear you? That's what's going on here. These are the implications. Let's talk about the implications. Jesus' words and actions suggest they say a great deal about how he viewed himself. He showed supernatural ability. He showed a self-awareness of his own identity. He accepts and embraces the messianic titles and adds one to it. And he promises that he's just getting started. He does believe he's the king of Israel, the Messiah, the son of God, the promised one of whom the prophets and Moses wrote. And these first two actions make it clear that decoding Jesus isn't that hard based on what they said about him and based on what he says about himself. And if you're here today and you're not a believer and you don't know Christ and maybe you visited us at Easter, maybe you didn't, maybe you've just come in, these are the things you have to think about based on what they said about him and based on what he says about himself. If you're a believer, a Christ follower, and you're trying to, de to decode Jesus for others, there's a third action for you to take here. There's a third uh, series of uh, things to consider. And that is, number three, consider the statements made in the face of questioning. Often we go and we talk to people about Christ, 
And they start, they shower us with questions and we get defensive. Or we don't know all the answers because we might need new believers. Because what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to take what you know and to share it with others, no matter how little you know. Because right now, based on what we've just read in the first 51 verses of the Gospel of John, you are armed and dangerous. And so, here's some examples of how to handle resistance. Verse 39, Jesus, they, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? What do you want with me? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. And so they came. Your job is to invite them to believe. Your job is to give them the information that they need. Your job is to invite them to investigate more. God's job is to make the convert. You meet resistance? Come and see. Consider this. I dare you to read the Gospel of John. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, friend, neighbor. I dare you. Just just read it for a month or two and see what you think. And if it doesn't make sense, stop reading it. But at least give it a month. Come and you will see. We are called to make disciples, not convert. Uh, Verse 46. Nathaniel... Uh, uh, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, what kind of question is that? I mean, you know, so people are going to throw you those curveball questions. What does he say to him? Come and see. Taste and see. Come. I mean, somebody, I remember the first time somebody said, Try snails, escargot. Now my favorite food. I just can't afford it anymore because I'm not in the hotel. Somebody, and I was like, Can you Come and try it. That's, what that's what's going on here. Nathaniel's hesitant and his friend Philip says, come and see. That's all you have to do. You're not there to win a debate or to fight a war. You're there to invite people to embrace Jesus Christ. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Our job is simply to issue invitation, to tell them what we know like these five men did, to tell them how little we know, what little we know. To not waste any divine and to ask them, well, come to church with me. That's all that's going on here. That's all that's going on here. What are the implications of this? Invite people to come and see for themselves. Invite them to come and experience the claims of Christ and Christianity. Invite does not mean harangue. Invite does not mean debate. You can win the argument and lose the war. You can win the battle and lose the war. Our goal is to remove the stumbling blocks to make the way straight for them and to bring them to Christ. Offer to show them. Bearing witness to Jesus is just not as complicated as we make it. We just simply share like we know. These guys haven't even been through three years of training. So where do you go from here? Where do you and I, what do we do with all this? What do we do with this? Well, let me give you some ideas for application. Number one, let the gospel speak for itself. Let the gospel of John speak for itself. Ask people to read it with or without you. The, the regenerating, the jump-starting of their heart is going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. So just ask them to read the Gospel of John. Secondly, invite people to church to hear this series. Email them a link of the podcast. If they don't want to come to church, send them a link. Ah, listen to this today. You, this might help you. You know, you can go to our church. If you don't want to come to church, with, just go to the church website. Sermons are up there. Thirdly, invite them to your sermon-based growth group. You're going to sit around and discuss the sermon, like Philip and Andrew, and I'm not comparing me to Jesus Christ, I'm wrong there. But you're going to be sitting with other Christ followers, not in a building like this, but in, in a home. Just like they went and they stayed with Jesus a day and a night because it was the fourth hour. They may not, hopefully they'll go home and let you go to bed, but invite them to your sermon-based growth group. And finally, be willing to invest time with them as they experience John. They're going to maybe shower you with questions. Great. It means they're interested. 
You don't know the answer? Say, you know what? I don't know the answer. But let me write them down. Let me write the question down. I'll get back to you next week. We can change the world one soul at a time because it's already, we've been shown how. And it's underway now. It's taking place even as we talk, even as we worship here today. These people, for them, decoding Jesus wasn't that hard. They heard the titles and they applied them to him. They listened to what he had to say about himself. And then they took what they knew and they went to people they cared about and they invited them. They didn't fight with them. There's not one argument in here. Come and see. The one skeptic, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, he's from Bethsaida, which is a really a... Both of those are little pokey little towns. It's not like they're uptown brown. Come and see. Come and you will see. Follow me as I follow Christ. And as for us decoding Jesus today, sort of like was said in the video by the, the lady who is uh, the professor at MIT, uh, the director or dean of effective eating. I forget her name now. But here's something to remember. Jesus made incredible claims about himself. And like the man at the end of the video said, nobody makes those kinds of claims and is a nice person. They're either a liar or they're a megalomaniac who's into power. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, but I believe he was a good man. I believe he was a prophet. He was a good teacher. But as C.S. Lewis said, nobody makes the kind of claims that Jesus makes and is not who they say they are. Because if they say they're the son of God, God, the son, the Messiah, if they claim to be the one of whom Moses and the prophets wrote, if they claim to be the son of man, they're either not good at all because they're deceiving people. They're either not followable at all because they're deluded, or they are the Son of God. And what's going to happen next is we're going from these events here into John chapter 2 next week, and Jesus is going to give them an object lesson, and in so doing, he's going to put his money where his mouth is and show power, power that only resides in the hands of God. As we prepare uh, to leave this place today after the business meeting that's coming and after communion, I want you to think about what you heard today. Decoding Jesus in your own mind and for the benefit of others is not an impossible thing. Just look at the titles that they gave him. Look at the title that he gave himself. Look at the things that he said about himself. And remember the, 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 the example of the disciple. It's not that hard. And in decoding Jesus for yourself and others, you will change the world, one soul. The question is, what will you do with Jesus today? Will you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him and serve him no matter what? Is he offers you salvation, maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you're not a born-again Christian. Maybe you're not a Christ follower. Maybe you've never encountered him, as we have today in the pages of Scripture, and in a way that changes your heart and your soul from the inside out. Maybe today's the day you should do that. Maybe today's the day that you should come and see, that you should ask Jesus to come into your heart and to change you from the inside out. I want you to think about these things, because the things that we're studying right now, if he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, if he is the one who reconciles us to God, if he is the Messiah, if he is the Son of God, God the Son, the King of Israel, and the soul surgeon that every man and woman needs, he's not to be ignored or trifled. And tomorrow is promised to none of us. So I want you to think about where you stand in relation to Jesus and relation to eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have made Jesus plain to us and that he has made himself plain to us. He is the Son of Man, the only begotten Son of God to whom you have given all authority on heaven and earth. He is the one, the one way to heaven, the one ladder, the one stairway, the one access. He is the Lamb of God who pays for our sin with a price that we ourselves could not afford. Oh, we like sheep had Father gone astray and 
each of us had turned our own way, but you laid on him the iniquity of the sins of us all. He bore our sins as person and paid the debt. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We so very much want to thank you for taking the time to join us today to study God's Word. And it's important that we let you know that we feel so blessed that you join us here each day on the program. Please remember, Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside Church would love to hear from you. So please take a moment to drop us a line or shoot us an email to let us know how we can be praying for you. Here's how you can contact us. The church mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can also visit our website at hillside.org, where you can find out more information about Pastor Keith, view our calendar of upcoming events here at Hillside, and also get information on our service times. If you're close to the San Jose area, we would love for you to join us for worship. We are now offering two Sunday morning services here at Hillside Church, the first beginning at 9 a.m. and the second starting at 10.45 a.m. And we'll be continuing with our Spanish language service starting at 10.45 a.m. Remember, if you need more information on this or anything else happening here at Hillside Church, just visit our website at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll make plans to join us again next time as Pastor Keith continues decoding Jesus in our walkthrough of the Gospel of John. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, may the Lord richly bless you, and thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.